is up, and here we go. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell there are no rich no more. Well, all right, Alvin. We keep trying, buddy. Thanks for introducing us again this morning here. I'm only 10 years after. I love to change the world. It's changing all around us, folks, and it's really uh, accelerating, appears to me. Here we go on the Thursday edition of the Radio Ranch. Roger Sales, your host. It is the 25th of January, right close to the end of this month. And, boy, they're just going to get more tumultuous as we go forward, I think. So, uh, anyway, that's uh, what's going on this morning, and I'm going to turn it over to Paul and let him get some platforms out of the way, and uh, we'll commence and see where we go. All right, here I am. Here I am. I'm. Uh, I, there's there's one thing that I've got to got to set here that I didn't have a chance to set before we uh, before we got started here and. Let's do this right here. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. There we go. Okay. Got her covered. Uh, We're on a number of platforms. Good morning, Roger. I think today would be a really good, good day for a very relaxed, very fluid, you know, talk about whatever comes up, whatever we want to talk about kind of a show. No pressure, no stress. Just an enjoyable couple hours. Uh, we're on uh, EurofolkRadio.com. We're, of course, on Radio.GlobalVoiceRadio.net. The links to those two platforms are on ExposeTheMatrix.com. There are also links to the free companies <clears throat> call system, so you can join us on the show. Uh, we're on HomeNetwork.tv, and we're on FreedomNation.tv. We're also on 106.9 WBOU-FM in Chicago. Welcome, Chicagoland. We're on streamlife.tube and go live TV. And last but certainly not least, we are on Speak Free Radio. Got a brand new audience over there. Um, you know, Roger, I I got this weird thing going on. I'm just I'm just feeling like uh, off balance, out of sorts. I didn't sleep worth a tetter's darn last night. I I only got a few hours between five and eight this morning. I don't know what was going on. Um, I just I just don't get it. There's there's something weird. Okay. Well, there. we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Was that Thora trying to say something? Some one of the females was trying to say something there. Who yes, was that? It was me. It's me. Hi, Thora. Um. Hi. I sure hope you're feeling better today, Roger. I'm sorry to hear that yeah. you're not um, feeling well. But um, I and I do have just a quick question. Um. We are going to send in our passport applications today, and um, on the question of my parents' citizenship, so my mother was born in Canada. Um, She later um, became a U.S. citizen, but at the time of my birth, she was not. So I 
Do I still check that she, yes? For I yes, check yes. She, she I, 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 I would check yes. That's a very, yes, I'd put yes, Thora. Okay. Uh, now you're okay. going through, you're using a DS-11 here, right? You yes, did not sir. have an, exi- yep. okay, first time passport? Well, no, I had one, but it's been expired for a long time. Okay, so all it, right, so you go um, back through the DS-11. Yeah. Well, you'll have to go to the post yeah. office, of course, and sign it in front of the administrating official and all the rest of that stuff, but there's, it's not difficult. There's no real trick questions. The trick question is the one that isn't asked, which is put your affidavit in if you want to be a national, you know. They don't tell you that. Right. They dart all around it, but they sure don't ever tell you. And, again, especially for your newer people and someone like Thora, because she'd never been exposed to all this patriot stuff before okay and if you didn't know exactly what you're looking for in that form you'll never figure it out yes and you know that the um it it just i had an example today of just how um ingrained um the brainwashing has been because um when i was filling out my application and on the on the um they ask about my husband's you know, is your husband a U.S. citizen? And he he started to check yes. And I'm like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> That's why we're doing this. <laughs> it, it is. It, it, I, well, you know, I, t- I challenge y'all. Here, here's, here's another good one. Go for a week, and every time you use the word money, substitute currency, and see how many times you catch yourself doing that. They've got this very deeply, very deeply psychologically Pavlovian techniques. You know, you probably hadn't heard this, Thora, but some of the other folks have. One of the guys that I was very fortunate to spend some time with years ago was a retired Air Force general named Benton Parton. Have you heard me talk about Benton Parton? I don't think so. He was. Uh, he came out after the Oklahoma City bombing. That's where he really stepped forward, because he was the expert's expert in the U.S. on munitions, and a lot of people went to him after the Oklahoma City bombing. He wrote a report which showed that an AMFO bomb couldn't have done all that damage, and he was a retired Air Force Brigadier General. He lived right across the street, uh, across the Potomac from D.C., and he wrote a paper, very scholarly paper, and delivered it, hand-delivered it to every member of Congress that that couldn't have done that. Anyway, so he got a lot of notoriety, and my uh, my my millionaire buddy, you know, we had a patriot group down there, Got a couple of folks hanging around the show that were part of that. And uh, David had had money, so we contacted General General Parton and, and got him to come down to Atlanta and speak to our group. And we had a huge group that night, and, and I had heard him on the radio, and he did two talks, one on Oklahoma City and then another one on um, communism. And uh, because he was an expert on communism, too. And so uh, we talked him into staying an extra night and giving the talk on communism there to us. And he did. And so he stayed at David's house up north of Atlanta. And David hated driving to the airport, which is on the south side of Atlanta. And so he designated me to take 
general partner to the plane when he left. And so over a couple of days in that last day, we had to wait to take him for his flight. And we got to spend a lot of time one-on-one together. And I'm an Air Force kid, and he was a brigadier general, retired. And he was a really interesting guy. You can find him on the web. His grandson still carries on his Oh, his banner, if you will. Um, but um, he had started. Here's his story since we're just kind of ambling along today. You'll hear Alex Jones mention him occasionally and other people sometimes. Um, he started delivering, I think when he was 12 or 13 years old, he was delivering seven or eight newspapers a day in Kansas City. And he would read them all. So he's real, you know, up that kind of a guy from a young man got into the Air Force and did real well. And he got to a point in the Air Force and they gave him a whole new division of the Air Force. And it's called the Weapons Systems Division. And all he, all they gave him was the head of it and a Quonset right? <laughs> he didn't he didn't have any personnel, no buildings, no files, no desks, no chairs, no nothing. And so he just got that dumped in his lap. And his job with that was to look into the future of fifty years or so and try and determine what weapon systems we would need. And so as he got into the job and the first thing he said was, well, if I'm going to look 50 years ahead and see what weapon systems we need. I better kind of figure out who the hell we're going to be fighting. And so that's why he isolated and became an expert on communism. Several of the things that he told me uh, come up around here. Um, one was the, uh, period of escalating violence, which is what we're in right now globally. Uh, and that was the third plank of the the third step of the four-step communist plan for takeover of countries, which was first initiated at the first communist international meeting in 1919. They meet every 10 years in Basel, Switzerland to this day. Uh, And this was introduced in 1919, and then it was approved in 1929. And as General Parton said, he said every they've used this this plan in every country they've taken over since it was approved. And that's where we are right now. We're in that third stage called the period of escalating violence. I don't remember the first two, but it's the, uh, of course, the ultimate right before the fourth takeover stage. And the two things they've got to do, Thora and audience, before moving from that third stage to that fourth stage is they've got to get the guns and they've got to get rid of the death penalty. Right. And I think they've gone kind of gotten uh, soft on the death penalty, but they're still obviously trying to get the guns for obvious reasons. So anyway, that was one of General Parton's specialties, and that's where that came from. And I forget where I was going to go and tell you the uh, the whole background of the story to tell you, but that was one important thing. And, and he was just an all around hell of a guy, you know, but uh, he said, Oh, this is also very interesting. I think Ed will probably really appreciate this too. Um, he said, uh, he said, when we were studying Freud, they were studying Pavlov. And he said, uh, he told me about the three stages of Pavlov's experiment. And over the years, I've mentioned this sometimes, and nobody can ever find it. But I know the source was General Parton, so I know it's an, uh, you know, an unimpeachable source. Um, they've scrubbed the web of it, I suppose, and books. But uh, everyone's pretty familiar with the conditioned response. 
uh, Pavlov's uh, initial experiments over there in Russia um, with, with the dog and the, and the bell, right? You know what I'm talking about, Flora? Yeah. You've taken... Yeah. Okay. So you ring the bell, and they feed the dog, and they get him conditioned to the food and the bell, and they get to a point where they can ring the bell, and he'll salivate without the food being put in front of him. Okay? Conditioned response. But nobody's ever heard of the other two phases of that experiment. Have you? Well, I heard you talk about it once. It's very okay. Disturbing. Well, for the audience, <laughs> well, it is, and it's it's very uh, was very enlightening, also. Okay, and so the second stage of that experiment was they took the same dog in the same room and they conditioned him to turning on the light, and they'd hit the light and then beat him with a stick. And the only way the dog could avoid the beating, they had a board parallel to the floor in the corner there, and he could evidently jump under that and stay protected from the beatings. So the light and the stick. The third stage was they took the same dog in the same room, and they rang the bell, and they turned the light on at the same time. So if somebody's out there and hasn't heard this before, what do you think the dog did? Anybody? Scotty, you hadn't heard this before or are you off looking for your saw? What do you think the uh what do you think the dog did? Scotty must be looking for his saw. Okay, well nobody's gonna respond, so I'll tell you. The dog stood in the middle of the room and he shook. And today uh, the, the psychologists and those types call that a catatonic state. So if you wonder why people are walking around like they are, that's the reason. And what you find out is the more conditions you put on a subject, the deeper the conditioning takes effect. So that's something else I right. got from General Parton that nobody's ever found, okay? And, I mean, I've had people come back to me. I, I went to look for that, and I couldn't find it. Where, where did I find it? I said, hell, I don't know, but it came from Ben, ben Parton, and it's unimpeachable information. Yeah, Paul? Um, I believe that's the, that similar conditioning exists uh, behind Trump derangement syndrome. There are some people... Oh, that if you even mention the name, they just stand Trump, there. They go, they go they apoplectic. Vibrate. Yeah, absolutely. They just I mean, go apoplectic. True. And I believe what they there. did was that they had two different extremes of conditioning. One intended to make people um, idolize Trump and think, oh, he's going to save us. He's, he's doing so well for the country. And then another set of conditioning in the same person that demonizes Trump. So there's two different conditionings. So all they needed was the trigger. And then those conditionings would fight each other and leave the person completely defenseless. I believe okay, well, that's, that's a, how they did it. That's a that's a little over my pay grade. All I know is the basics here. Okay, but I do know they use it and they're very effective at it. And I believe General Parton's statement was correct. When we were studying Freud, they were studying Pavlov. And there was a reason Roger. I started telling you about General Parton there, Thora, and I've forgotten what I was trying to get to on all these side trails. Who was saying Roger right there? Oh, Samuel. Um, you know, he was studying communism, and now the latest out of Russia is Russia 
both government and the clergy are saying that they're no longer fighting uh, Ukraine. They're no ro- longer fighting NATO. They're fighting Satan. That's what they're yep. believing. Well, that's true, and they're absolutely right. Okay, and Satan yeah. just keeps I'm, pushing. I'm not arguing. It's the irresist—it's the irresistible force and the immovable object. These people are abs. I mean, I don't know if there's a word to describe their fanaticism and dedication, and they never stop. They're always pushing. I mean, it's, it really is unbelievable when you start understanding who they are and how they work and, and what they do. It's just amazing. They ne- If you give them a setback, they always come back. They never stop and go away. That's why I say when we can get a handle on this, these bastards have got to be taken out of the gene pool because it's the only thing they understand, folks. They're dictating the remedy in that statement. I'm not saying it. I don't like to kill anything. But I want to kill them because they're making everybody on the planet's lives miserable. And if I had the chance, I'd be the guy that pulls the lever on the hangman's platform. I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't have one qualm about it. Not one. I'd feel like I was doing my duty. Okay? Rick Wiles is also comparing uh, Netanyahu to Herod the Great because when Herod killed all the children in Bethlehem in that area over, you know, under two years old, he's saying, well, Netanyahu's got the same blood on his hands. And he brought up a piece of history about Herod, how bloodthirsty the guy was, and he's comparing, of course, Netanyahu. But he said Caesar made a statement about Herod in his day he said because of the prohibition, because he did claim to be Jewish, there was a prohibition on pork. And because he was killing his family members off, including his sons, Caesar said, it's better to be Herod's pig than to be his son. Um, I mean, that, it, it's, things haven't changed much. I mean, it, what are they up to now? Most of those deaths are children. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just what a uh, legacy. Just, what a legacy to have. It's just sickening, you know. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, here, here's two, two, uh, two ideas and concepts to banter around. Reparations is one. They're real fond of reparations against the whites for black owning black slaves, right? How about reparations against them? Now we can turn that around on them. The other one that hit me the other day was. Uh, what do they call it? Group punishment? You know, when the one little Gaza kid, teenager, throws a rock and they demolish the whole village under group punishment? What about group punishment for this? Everything they do is, well, is it good for the Jews? You know, yeah, is that is this politician good for everything good for the Jews? Well, it must permeate that whole culture. So don't they deserve group punishment too? I agree. Just... Just throwing those ideas out there, folks. They could be subject for discussion in the future. Collective punishment, I think, is a word. Collective guilt. Collective that. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for, collective punishment. Uh, So anyway, just a couple of things on my mind today. Here's where I was going to go for one thing is, and I noticed this when I was much younger years ago in my youth, years ago, um, that I'd have these periods where I'd feel real funky. And invariably, it got to one time I looked up, and bam, there's a full moon, you know. 
I went, well, I'll be damned. I wonder if there's a connection there. And so I go along and, and start feeling that feeling again. And I go, oh, let me go out and look up. Boom. Sure enough, full moon. So over a couple of those, I kind of started making a correlation there. Okay. And then you really start thinking about it. Um, I, I mentioned some of, you know, I, used, I grew up in Alaska. I spent four years in Anchorage when I was in my teens and high school years there. And Anchorage is right on Cook Inlet. And, uh, there on that part of the world, you can go over to the other end of Canada and Nova Scotia at the Bay of Fundy. And the tide moves up 22 feet sometimes, twice a day, up and down. 22 feet to move that ocean twice a day. That's a lot of power, folks. I mean, if you could harness that, we wouldn't have any power worries. Just that alone would power the whole world. Okay. Yes, Marka? There's a full moon today. Um, It's called the wolf moon. Well, I know. I feel like I got fangs. Okay. (laughs) That's where I'm going. All right. So uh, over the years, I put that together and thinking, well, you know, here's this phenomena that moves the oceans, the whole ocean. And I mean, when I was in Alaska, and we'd be fishing and like, do we, when the tide would go out, you go out and lay a trot line out, and then it'd come in 22 feet and be there for 12 hours. And when it went back out, you go out and check your trot line. So, but you could actually see the motion. You could see the ocean moving and the tide coming in. You could visually see it. Okay. So, and we, our bodies are at least 70%. Some people say more than that, at least 70% water. So it doesn't it stand to reason that those forces that could do that would have some effect on us? Well, it sure is for me. It seems like it makes an awful lot of sense. And, of course, uh, you go back and check police records a lot more, you know, and hospital records and all those things correlate with it. Yes, who was the male there? Dave. Hi, Roger. Yes. Hi, Dave. So, you know, parasites are pretty prevalent uh, in the world, and that full moon is pretty incredible. Parasites are most active the day before, the day of, and the day after a full moon. The, they can't hide. They're, they're, the moon pulls them out. And that, <sighs> you know, that may be why you feel funky because of parasites. Well, I like to think I don't have any, but I guess everybody has. I haven't taken any ivermectin mm-hmm. in a couple of years, so I don't know. But it's just uh, it's just always been a phenomena for me. And a couple of years ago, when I was still over at my old place, it was at least two years ago, uh, uh, and it got real bad for a couple of days. Lisa remembers because Lisa was around. I, you probably were too, but I I couldn't sleep, man. And so I wasn't going to come do a show on no sleep. And I, I missed a couple of days shows with that. It hadn't really bothered me until this one. So it's not every month by any means. It's just some kind of certain combination of factors make it happen. So anyway, that's what I think is going on. Somebody, have I ever what? Have you ever had pets, dogs, cats, or anything living in the house with you? Sure. Well, a long time ago, I haven't for many years. So, right, but um, you know, if you don't if you don't kill the eggs, larvae, you know, the the parasites, if you don't kill them, you know, they those eggs keep well, hatching, Dave, and then they they plant more. Dave, and, 
I may have yep. to go take some ivermectin, buddy. You know, I think it it's help. more of a mental thing than a parasite thing myself, but whatever. It could be too. Hey, yep. That, hey Roger. Awesome. Some kind of imbalance. Yeah, I'll get to you in a second. Yes, ma'am. What can we? What do you got? Oh, I was just going to say. This is Nancy from Virginia. Hey, Nancy. Um, yeah. One of the one of the things. Well, parasite cleansing is more comprehensive, actually, than just ivermectin. I'm discovering. I'm looking into that myself. But one of the things I do when I feel discombobulated, um, for and I don't really know what the is, I get out in nature, uh, ground myself. I take a bath, a nice well, bath. So earth, right. you know, connecting connecting with nature and earth grounding and doing things that uh, getting away. Actually, you know, that's just a suggestion. Not that you probably already know that, but I just um, well. Share that's that. probably that's if I that... if I had caught if I had caught Paul in time, I probably would have had some sort of a replay today, and that's more than likely what I would have done is gone out and gone walking. Okay, it is yeah. a stunning day. We have had this week. We've had three unbelievably summer-like days. The last two days, I walked out this morning. I was outside several times. I mean, not a cloud in the sky. Just beautiful weather, lovely temperature, not a cloud. It says yesterday, too, and the day before was even hot late in the afternoon. So I don't know what it is, a little patch of dry air here. But uh, anyway, it's been lovely. It would be a lovely day to go walking this morning. So uh, oh, no, I'm going to go. That's what I'm going to do this afternoon. Though. I'm going to go meet Walt, my buddy, at this uh, uh, little ceviche place. Have you ever heard of ceviche, Nancy? It's a dish they have down here. Seafood uh, varies between Peru and Ecuador and Colombia on the way they prepare it. This Colombian uh, preparation is real good. It's a seafood soup that they serve cold. It's got shrimp in it and You're fish ready. if you want and all this stuff, and it's delicious. So we're going to go have some of those. Yes, Abram? Ceviche, um, isn't it fermented with uh, lemon juice? Well, it depends. Like I, I said, they do it different. Well, they do it different between these countries, okay? In Peru, where I guess it was more originated, they'll bring out the seafood raw, and you put lemon or lime on it, and the lime juice and the acid cook it. Okay, this is more of a soup with a, it's got onions and all kinds of a base in it, but it's served cold, and it's really good, okay? I mean, it's delicious, and uh, so I'm going to go meet Walt for that at lunch there, and uh, then we're going to go over, and I was going to go get a B12 drip today. We've got a doctor here. Uh, if any of you ever come down here, this is where we'll put you up at his place. And he used to have a clinic there, and he's kind of turned it into a, a, a B&B uh, thing and um, does other stuff out of there. Uh, anyway, he uh, gives drips, and uh, everybody, a lot of us go up there and get them. I have not gotten one before, but I've just been dragging ass lately, and I told Walt, I said, I'm going to go over and get a B12 drip with you. So I was going to go, schedule to go over this afternoon and get a B12 drip. And, uh, hey, anyway, Roger. So that's what I was going to do today. But, yes, Dave. Is a do your Do your shoes have leather soles or rubber? Well, it depends on which pair I wear. Well, if you wear your leather-soled shoes, you will right. be grounded to the earth right. wearing those I leather understand ones. That. And, I, I understand but the rubber that. ones, you're not. Right, right. I understand that. So uh, anyway, just a few things that are happening here. 
Uh, does anybody have anything they wanted to bring up and talk about today particularly? Hi, hi Roger. Hello, who's this? Mississippi Mama. Oh, hey, Miss. I hadn't, didn't get didn't catch you. You sound a little distant. How you doing, sweetie? I'm doing fine. Just enjoying the beautiful weather here in Cotacachi, too. Boy, isn't it stunning? I mean, just stunning weather for January. Yes, yes, yes. I'm really, really enjoying it. I hope it lasts a lot longer. <laughs> well, you got to have some change every now and then. Yeah, things are pretty quiet down uh, here in Cotacachi. No major problems so far. You know, nothing's been popping up in Ecuador since the week before last when they took over the TV station and that little flare of publicity or whatever they were looking for. It's quieted down. They're, they've arrested a bunch of them, from what I understand, and many of them were Colombian, and they tried to give them back to Colombia, and Colombia didn't want them back. So as I said the other day, they're probably coming up there to visit you guys. Uh but uh, everything's pretty quiet. Okay, okay. Well, that's good. That's good. Hopefully, they'll, uh, they'll you know now. But the, the president, so. the president's wife, is about to uh, deliver, and they've got her up in the U.S. I think he is a citizen oh. of the United States too. The president down here is a relatively young guy. Yeah, a friend of mine told Nap me he was born in, in Miami, Florida. Yeah, his daddy, they're the banana fortune here. Uh, Nablo, what's his name? Nablo? Nablo? Something like that. You tell him how plugged in I am. Something like that. And his father ran for officer president five times and never made it. And his son ran the first time and made it on this little interim thing because he's only president until the next scheduled election okay but he was born in the u.s and he's got his wife up there and i guess his child's going to be born in the u.s which is kind of interesting yeah. we're talking about maybe bringing the u.s military down here to help fight some of these drug cartels i don't stay plugged in enough to know exactly what's happening if jack's listening he could call in he's a little more on top of all that than i am but that's what they're talking about and Oh, man, it's just a mess. It's all these drugs and all these cartels. And all this is doing is going back to what the Sassoons did to China out of India and the Opium Wars. This is all just a continuation of that. Okay. I know it gets very, very tiring. Just to be well, I just know. wish we didn't have to deal with it. But man, being what he is, and these monsters on the earth, and everybody wanting wealth, 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 and this this craving for wealth, uh, it's okay. it's very destructive. It's too bad it doesn't have to be that way. But yes, that's the way it's going to be. So, yeah. yep, yep. We just have yep. To so thanks, Mama. Do you have any? Do you have anything you want to tell us or anything? You just want to check no, in, I or you just had... the, Yeah, I just want to check in, but I recommended a couple of friends of mine down in Mississippi to get on your call. So hopefully they'll get on today or tomorrow. All right. Well, tomorrow's they Brent, to... so it'd be you know might be a little bit different tomorrow. Never okay. know on those okay. Brent shows. But thanks. Okay, okay. keep spreading, the word, folks. That's a, if, if we're going to have an effect, it's because you guys are spreading the word. You know, the people are ready to hear it, evidently. People are looking for answers. We got answers. It's up to us to spread it. Yes, ma'am. Who was the other lady there? 
it's Sora again. I just wanted oh, to let you know that um, that Nancy and I have both drafted our letters to the Secretary of the Commonwealth of Virginia, and we're, we're so we're both inquiring about that voter issue. So we'll keep you posted on what we hear. Please back. do. But I'm going to mail Please mine today. Do. Yeah. I had an email from a guy out of Kansas, and he kept – he's the one I told you about the other day. He said, well, my wife – my wife's still a little skeptical. Can you plug us into some people? So I did that, and he writes me back again. I said, here's another question. She's a bus driver in the state of Kansas. Can she go through this? And, and I just went over to the State Department uh, Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality and pulled the link for that and gave him the sentence, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. And I, I gave him those links, and then I said, why don't you call them and ask them? Why don't you write them and ask them? Okay. Is she going to lose her job as a bus driver for the state of Kansas because she changes status he said i'll bet she would you know everybody's so negative about this right i'll bet she would well then that's clear-cut case of discrimination isn't it you think they're going to clear-cut discrimination against their people see you know see you talk about how deep the conditioning is there's another example of it right there people cannot believe that this works and they can't believe the position it puts our enemies in yeah Hey, Roger. He's very powerful. Yes. Well, this is Nancy. So I figured I'd jump in since Dora <laughs> was talking about what we're going to do together um, or separately. But I also wanted to share with regard to the voter registration forms, just something that in the by process of looking at the documents, um, mm -hmm. I looked at the state of Alabama voter registration form uh, since uh, I think it's Dave who – had initiated um, his own process yeah. to uh, right. change his uh, – to vote, register as a national. And um, I'm just I, – I was it's, – it's intriguing to look at that because it has in several places, like at the top it says for use by U.S. citizens only. And then below that in the next section it says are you a citizen of the United States of America, yes or no. And then – and then down in the uh, under penalty of perjury box where you before you sign, it says mm -hmm. um, I am a U.S. citizen, and I live in the state of Alabama. So it's interesting that it's very clear that the equivocation that you talk about is e even more obvious in this application voter registration mm -hmm. voter registration application. It doesn't right. use the word res resident or res residency at all with regards to the addresses. It uses the word home address and address, but the equivocation is very clear to my eye now because it's 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 all over the place in this. It says, uh, for use by U.S. citizens only, then be a citizen of the United States is one of the requirements of using this document. But then it says, are you a citizen of the United States of America, yes or no? And then in the penalty of perjury box, I am a U.S. citizen. So that's what you're affirming under penalty of perjury. But Yeah, it um, seems weird that they'd have both of them in there mixed in like that, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, because and, you would... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, I was thinking then you would check yes for citizen of the United States of America and no for U.S. citizens so <laughs> on that form, right? And that's Alabama, well, guess, right? 
That yeah. is Alabama. Well, the be nice to point says, those out. If you're in Alabama, you ought to get one of those and start pointing these out and highlighting them and ask send a, a letter to the Secretary of State Election people and say, are you aware of this discrepancies here? Yeah, and it also well that where where you're signing under penalty of perjury, you you don't get a chance an opportunity to say no to I'm a U.S. citizen. Correct. That's what you're affirming, but it also has this. Um, I solemnly swear or affirm to support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the state of Alabama and further disavow any belief or affiliation with any group which advocates the overthrow of the government, government, governments of the United States or the state of Alabama by unlawful means, unlawful means and that the information contained herein is true, so help me God. But it's just an interesting exercise to training my own eye it in seeing the equivocation and so that's that could be an in, interesting easy thing whether you're going to apply as a as a national or try to apply as a national just to for your own training in the equivocation and being able to point it out to others um it's amazing when you, you know, it's like I said, it's been right there in front of you your whole life and you've never seen any of this stuff. And all of a sudden you see it. You know, Brent tells a story about his grandmother. And there's a certain type of mushroom that would come out in the spring up where they are. And it's some of those mushrooms that really hide. And the grandmother would take all the children out in the woods. And he said she'd point them out. She'd take one and point it out to you. And once you saw it, you saw them everywhere. But until you saw that and recognized it, you didn't see them. Yes, I remember that. I've experienced that myself. So, yes, yeah. so uh, who else has got something this morning? Good, good work. Somebody in Alabama might take that. So you're asking me to sign this under penalty of perjury, and you got all kind of contradictions in here. Could you help clarify this for me, please? Right. Also, Inspector exactly. Colombo deal. Uh, and I guess that's the way we make progress. That's the way you can partially educate people. More. So, uh, yes, you may. Please, please, no, please come forward. Yeah, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Question. Yes, I'm lovely. I mean, Virginia. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you first? Beverly. Beverly. Pardon me? Beverly. Hi, Beverly. Beverly. Yes. Yeah. And, so and you're in Virginia? Young lady. Yes, yes ma'am. You said you're in Virginia? Okay, great. Well, we got some other yeah. Virginia gals right here with you. Uh, so what, Beverly, okay. is your question? I just want to add a little tidbit to what the young lady asked, which she referenced to sign um, about under penalty of perjury. Uh huh. What I did, I put by colon the name, and above the name put without prejudice, UCC one zero three zero eight. Okay. And my children okay. did that, you... and they get their birth certificate. And they yeah, got their passport back to with a card. Okay. Um, that, I, how, Beverly, it's your first time we've spoken with you. Are you are you new f to us here? Yes, I'm new, but I've been listening. Okay. How'd you find us? Um, from Daryl class group. 
From who? Oh, Daryl's group. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, welcome for a year. Okay. Well, welcome. And if you got any other questions or comments, please feel free. Okay. What part of Virginia are you in, by the way? Currently, I'm in Herndon, but previously I was in Loudoun County. Okay. Y'all, you, Nancy, y'all know where that is? Loudoun County is. Where's Loudoun? Is that what part of the state is that in, Beverly? Sterling, Sterling, Virginia. Northern, Star- yes, Northern ma'am. Virginia. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, well, there's these two gals, Nancy and Thora. They're both, uh, I think Thora's over by the Shenandoah Valley. I think Nancy's in Richmond area, right, Nancy? That's oh, correct, okay. yep. Yep. There okay, you go. great. Okay. So, yep, got a few cool. of you. Well, welcome, Beverly. Oh, cool. Awesome. Um, Thank you. I'm not alone. Yep. Okay. So that's you, my little okay, tip. Not... I normally work. Okay. Well, you know, we're here for Saturdays okay. for people that work. So, you know, we'll be here for you on yes. if you got to work. You can't be I here. Will. You can always get the archives. And if you can't, you can be on Saturday. So, yes. Right. I'm a, my son did it. He was 21. And when he tried to sign at the passport place, they said, you can't sign like that. He said, why? I'm reserving my rights. I could sign where I want to sign. Okay. And did he, he have, did, did you? his affidavit. Right. He put the affidavit. Did he put the affidavit in the passport application? Are you that new, or is yep. that that recent? Recent. He did okay, it. Well, um, he did it. Um, I think it was September of last year. Oh, okay. So you knew about filing the pass, putting an applicate an affidavit in yep. the application back then. Okay. Well, good. Yes. Yes. I think if you, you know, I I don't think once you've got an affidavit in that you have to do all that reservation right stuff myself. I think the Mm. affidavit does that for you. It secures them for you. You don't have to reserve them. They're there. That's my feeling on it. Uh, Some people like to do that Uh, old Patriot Uh, stuff, you know, the hangover from years of learning uh, exposed to other folks teachings. Right. That's true. But he, yeah. he he trained to write that way, and he, he forever, that's what he writes. Okay, well, that's okay. You know, I don't think it's harmful. Okay. okay. All right. Great, Thank Beverly. You. Thanks. Okay. All right, you're welcome. Thank welcome, you. sweetie. Who else has got something? Hey, Roger. Okay, I'm going to go with the female. Sorry. Yes, ma'am? Hey, Roger. I have a quick question. We all run across a lot of landmines when we're filling out paperwork, um, even though we're a U.S. national. And Debbie? they're asking, are we a non-citizen? Debbie, Debbie is this? This is not Debbie, is it? Yes, it is. I'm online. Debbie in Atlanta. Debbie in Atlanta. Now, you've been around this information 15 years, girl. I have. And I still and you're asking me, okay, and you're asking me about they're asking you if you're a non-citizen national? Yes. They're asking me, oh. okay, they only give me three choices. So I thought it would be good for everybody to know this. Um, one, are you a U.S. citizen? Number two, are you a permanent resident? And number three, are you a non-citizen national? 
No, you're not any of those. Right. So those how do you? Three options they, well, those are the only three options they give you? That's it. I would, um, uh, one of the things you could do is check U.S. citizen or check non-citizen national and, and, and attach your affidavit. Okay. Thank you for answering that. Yeah. Now, Debbie, Debbie is a gal that I met years ago, folks. I was still in Argentina when Debbie and I crossed paths. And there was a, a, a guy that lived next to my, our family home and the home next door down there in Panama City. And he knew a gal up in Atlanta. And Debbie, she was Debbie's roommate. And he went up there. Is this right? I got this right. Right, Debbie? He went up there to visit her, met you, came back and said, here's this girl wants to know something about it. I told him about it because we used to go walking every morning. And he said he thought you were interested. So anyway, it ended up Debbie and I spent hours on the phone, me trying to explain this to her. For this poor, I even got on the radio with it. Okay, So Debbie's been around this information for a long time, haven't you? Yes, I have. Have you ever had any problems because you went through this, Debbie? I mean, no, I have of, not. No, not one. So, okay, well, good to hear your voice. Thanks for calling in. Answer, Thank you, check Roger. Non-citizen national, and then if you if you you might want to say see a see exhibit A or attachment or something, but I don't know if they want you to write on those forms, so you could well, check. Yes. The problem here is everything now is online. It doesn't give you right. a choice to put in things. All right, right. Oh, I don't know how to tell you to handle that. Maybe contact who it is to find out about records and say I, I, this needs to be sent hard copy. I, I don't have any other answer. Okay, thank you. Yep, good to hear from you, Deb. Uh, now, the other guy that was trying to say something when Debbie said hello there. Who's that? There's a guy. Hello. There's a male there. Unusual. They see all these females? I mean, look, look folks, just look at the number and the proportion of females. 30 years ago in the Patriot community, you couldn't hardly find a female at those meetings. You might find some wives, and there may be a single gal that'd stumble in there every now and then, but not many. Okay? And now it's almost predominantly females. You, they, you got something here that's non-threatening. They can participate in. They don't have to go out and risk fighting somebody or anything else. And look at the these little type A lionesses that are on this show. The, it's incredible to me, the proportions. Think about it. Hey, Roger. Yes. Hey, Roger. This is Wayne? William from Augusta. Hey William. This is this is William. This is William from Augusta. How you bud? Right, I'm good. Outside this full um, moon thing. Right. Um, sorry, I got a little head cold, so it might not be that clear. But um, yesterday yeah. you were talking about uh, the word resident and how uh, how detrimental that word, kind of the crux of the whole whole thing. Um, I'm trying to wrap my my mind around. Uh, I guess a non-resident alien and how they get wrapped into the, into paying income taxes as a green card holder as a resident. 
How because do, if you look at a, well, they, you have to volunteer. You have to volunteer to come be a resident, don't you? I mean, you got to go through a government process. And if I'm going through it here to be a resident in Ecuador, okay? okay, that takes years and all that stuff. And so you're asking for permission to live and work there and not be a citizen, basically. And so that's right. the term they used to throw the big net over everybody. Because with this, they get those people, not just the citizens. Okay? Right. Do you have any un? Do you have any uh, uh, things that questionable on the term "resident" where it came from? And because I think we went into that a little yesterday, w was all that pretty clear to you? This comes from ambassadorial law. If you go back and dig deep enough on the web, you'll find that connection because I've seen it before. But if I, I would have never dreamed that's where this came from and that would never have dreamed that's how it's being applied and neither would every, anybody else. That's why they're doing it. If you go back, right. William, to Vattel's Law of Nations, you know about Vattel's Law of Nations? I do, yeah. Well, in Vattel is, wrote this Law of Nations to conform uh, a legal code to all of the new areas that were now countries after the Westphalian Agreement, okay? And so okay. it's recognized, been signed on to every country in the world, signed on to it. Still recognize it. I can show you how the, how these people recognize it when it comes to expatriation. They do recognize it, believe it or not. They are slick, these guys. Uh, regardless, in Vitell's, on when I was talking about residents sometime, one time, and somebody sent me copies of Vitell's couple of pages out of the Law of Nations on resident. And every time he used the word resident, he used resident alien. Resident alien. He never just used the word resident. I've maintained for a long time, if somebody wanted to go back and do the etymology on this, if you can find where they started using a geographical definition to the term resident, you'll probably find the origins of this scheme. Because that's one of the key things in it, okay? So really what it means is what set of laws do you live under? Well, I know under, under in Black's Law Dictionary, it says a resident, a resident is where you primarily dwell. And it's, right. it can be you know, associated with your domicile or, you know, the words are kind of well, interchangeable. Well, it could be. You're, I guess Let's let's look at it from the Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, because if you go to that dictionary, the very first definition says the act or fact of living or dwelling in a place for some time. That's the geographical definition. The next one is exactly the same. It says the act or fact of living or dwelling in a place for some time for the receipt of a benefit or the discharge of a duty. That's law. So years ago, I went into the Cobb County Law Library, and there's a group of books in the law library called Words and Phrases. 
very instructive and very useful. We talk about it on the show here occasionally. And Words and Phrases is a book that goes out and takes specific words and phrases, and then they give you all the court cases where it's cited or talked about. So it's a wonderful way to go back and research the word like resonant. And in looking at that, one of the court decisions said, whenever the word resonant is used in any legal context, its definition is always legal, period. So, yes, it's where you get your rights and owe your duties. So now, William, let's take this one step further. Have you filed your affidavit yet? I have, yeah. Where's your residency now? Uh, from listening to you, it's uh, basically the God in heaven. You're a, you're, a, you're a resident of heaven because that's where you're getting your rights and owe your duties. You're domiciled in, in, uh, over there in Augusta. Right. Okay. So it's a really tricky little word. And I think it's the it real key word to the whole scheme. Okay. Now, in the context of the 14th Amendment, and let's go back to the, your tax question here. In the context of the 14th Amendment, it's that last little bit where the state wherein they reside. Okay. So. They don't use the word resident. They use reside. Daryl, one day, do you, were you ever familiar with the Ralph Winter route, William? He's not, he's not no. with us now. He was on he was on RBN for hell. I'll bet twenty five years on Sunday night. He was lived in Alaska. Was an engineer. Got eat up with IRS stuff and basically made it his whole life. And uh, so Ralph. Was being an engineer, he could never look past just reading the word. Okay, in other words, we were I have a listener, Chuck Ward, and Chuck uh, was friends with him and tried to get him to understand our stuff. And Ralph had LexisNexis and Westlaw and all that stuff. And he came back to Chuck. He said, "Look, I did a whole word search on Title Twenty Six, and the word national's not in there anywhere. This can't be correct." Well, see, Ralph couldn't think outside the box, and he didn't have a knowledge of the enemy that they could take that status and relabel it and put it into something different he wouldn't recognize. And I can show you why they did that, too, by the way. Okay? So you got to be able to think outside the box and see these things and understand your enemy. And that's why a lot of our communities never gotten further than looking at the, at, at, they look at a word. We had a guy on here one time and said, you can't, you don't want to be a person. He said, oh, hell, everybody's a person. No, it's not. Look at here. It says in the Bible, stay away from people, persons who are evil. I said, well, what about the persons who are good? Can you go hang with them? You see, these guys, they don't understand the depth of this. They start looking at the surface. They don't understand about the legal definitions. They're applying colloquial definitions. I mean, that's a lot of this is the reason our community has never gotten any further. Okay. Now, let's take this national concept and go over and apply it to your IRS question. And the answer is at 26 CFR 1.1-1A. You probably heard me cover this before, 
That's their jurisdictional yeah. statement or who owes. Okay. It's right at the front of the book. If you opened up 26 CFR, it's right up on the top right side of the first page. Okay. So it says an income tax is owed by all individuals. It does not use the word persons there. It uses the word individuals because corporations can be persons, can't they? And they've got a whole right. separate schedule for corporate taxes. And the word that always ad identifies humans is individual because the rights and the duties are in the same entity. With a corporation, right. the corporation has the rights, but the board of directors has the duty. Okay. Right. And the only way you can get to that is to pierce the corporate veil, which these people will never do. So anyway, right. that that's some of that right there. But it says individuals, very interesting. An, an income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States or residents. So if they're going to give you permission to come work here and not be a citizen, you're going to have to pay the tax for that privilege. Okay. Make sense? Okay. Yeah. And to the extent of 871B and 877B, all non-resident alien individuals. Okay. Well, is that Jose the tomato picker? No. <laughs> what would Jose the tomato picker be owing income tax? And especially if you right. go do a little additional research and find out that 871B and 877B are both constitutional, what would Jose the tomato picker be doing owing income tax, the taxes that are constitutional? It can't be anything but this. You can even simplify it more than that. There's only two statuses. You're either free or you're a slave. So we already know what the slave one is. The other one's got to be the free one by default. Now, why did they do that? Okay, so if they left it U.S. national, let's reread that. An income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States or residents, and to the extent of 871B and 877B, all U.S. nationals. Well, do you think maybe a tax attorney or a tax preparer or maybe even a judge would see that and go, well, I don't know what this national is, but he only owes two sections of the code. I think I'm going to go find out who he is. Right. Right? Okay, we're going to yep. check out of Chicago here. All right. So let's take the yeah, inverse we're going to do of that. Very quickly. Okay. We're going to do it very quickly so you guys don't get interrupted in your conversation. 106.9 WBOU will catch you right back here at 11 a.m. tomorrow or go to ExposeTheMatrix.com to find links where you can join us elsewhere. Thanks for being with us today. 106.9 WBOU Chicago. Go ahead, Chicago. All right. So let's take the inverse here, William, and go to the passport application. And let's say, I swear under penalty of perjury that I'm a citizen of the United States or a non-resident alien. <laughs> right. right. And they're going to go, well, anybody who does take the time to read the other, well, what the hell is Jose the tomato picker doing applying for a passport? Right. So they've had to right. really custom tailor this thing and do a little noodling on it. Okay. Yeah. Before it was set up, but they they had this thing so well planned out, really.
And the problem they've got now is you've got a couple of generations down the line that are spoiled rotten with all this wealth and control and everything else that comes with that kind of a status. And now they're making mistakes and they don't have the luxury of planning this thing out decades ahead of time where they've got wiggle room. They're having things go wrong and they're having to make adjustments on the spot and decisions on the spot. And that's when they make mistakes. And that's what we're seeing right now. And hopefully more of as we go forward. I know uh, Eli had called in, I think yesterday talking about, right. you know, his, uh, his, his fishing business. And I, I got to thinking, you know, cause I'm, I'm in aviation and um, it's a federally controlled uh, enterprise. Um, yes. But as a national, I guess as a national, you could, Technically, I, I know there's a difference between legally and lawfully, um, but I guess I could I could conduct commerce as a national, um, you know, because legally, like I can't, according to the FAA, you know, I can't go buy a plane and then go fly people around for hire uh, without, you know, following all the regulations uh, that they have set up. But as a national, I guess uh, from a from a lawful standpoint, I could. Well, you should be able to, except you miss the magic little word there. Are you charging them to fly them around? Now you're in commerce, and now you need a license, to my understanding. Okay. And and plus, on flying, you're flying across air, uh, 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 air limits, so you're flying, flying across different states and stuff. So now you're even in interstate transport. Right. So it's just like Clarence, you know, Terrence. Do, do what now, William? I'm sorry. I said I, I guess I guess if you cross uh, outside of D.C., you're in interstate trans, uh, commerce. According well, to the just going rate. from state to state. Well, according to them, and they do have control over that. They do have the authority over interstate commerce and, e, and air rights apply. And I guess as you're going from state to state, you would be changing state to state's air rights. Paul, you had an epiphany there, did you? You know, Did you what? spill your coffee or something? Did God? Did God give them the right? When? When? Where? How? How did they yeah, get the, the right? The Constitution gives them the right to to go oversee interstate commerce. Okay, that's a so legitimate write that? a legitimate authority. Okay. Right. What about uh, a PMA? You know, I'm, I'm, Oh, well, I, that may be an answer. I don't know. We got to do a PMA and make them do a PMA, and that'd probably get you out of it. And if you were a national behind that, it'd probably be pretty foolproof, William. Okay. Certainly something to look into and think about. Yeah, I was just, I know it's a lot of it's legal theory, but, um, you know, none of it's, it's really been tested, but. Right. Well, the other thing is, you see, is how scared are they of this information? And are if you got caught and they wanted to come after you, is whatever egregious enough that they're going to potentially bring this information into a public setting and forum? Right. See, I think holding them back. What, what they'll do, like they have this initiative for illegal charter right now uh, for air charter. And so they'll they'll threaten you and say, oh well, if you if you don't own the airplane and you're flying the airplane, and those people that are on the airplane that you're flying around aren't 
owners of the airplane, then um, then you're conducting a legal air charter. We can pull your pilot certificate over it. <clears throat> and, you know, knowing this, maybe I could come back and say, well, I'm flying under my capacity to, you know, travel as a national, you know. I'm not flying under well, the capacity of of that pilot. William, certificate why, contact, the, contact the FAA and ask them. Pose some hypothetical. Right. I, I mean, that's one of the only ways we really get concrete answers to these kind of nebulous questions that we just can't get a firm answer to. Ask them. I mean, at the end of the day, they do whatever the hell they want to do. But um, they can, you know. Uh, you know, they pull, they'll pull your certificate anyway. But I guess you could continue to operate as you know on a private private side as a national, but you don't want to jeopardize your certificates over over something silly. Right. Well, you know, I thought it was a pretty big deal when I figured out how to beat these guys and how to get out of the taxes. And since we do these shows, it's all of you guys with your own personal circumstances, and you bring these situations to us, and you go, holy smoke, I just don't know, you know? Yeah, he's asking about so the I feel card like yesterday, you know? Yeah, I, like, I feel you know, like a, right. You remember yeah, Brother Dave Garner with them? Do you ever hear him, Brother Dave Garner? No, no. He was an old Southern uh, comedian years ago. He used to be on records, you know. And he was from Memphis, I think, somewhere over in Tennessee. And somebody asked him, he, he, he said, uh, He's up there talking, and somebody asked him a question, and, uh, and he said, uh, He said, I don't know. And the guy said, well, I thought you knew everything. And he said, well, I do know everything, but I don't know that. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel sometimes. <laughs> hey, Roger. Yes. Is that Bob? Yes, it is. Hey, Bob. Just an observation. Stranger? Yeah, well, I'm no stranger than I used to be. Um, just an observation. What if this was posed as an affidavit? Just thinking here, noodling. What if you posed it as an affidavit stating what you were doing, and unless they rebut it, the FAA? There you go. Well, another uh, possible angle. Just, I think you would just have to be violated at some point and then respond to the violation with with this information and, and with the fact with the facts yeah see if they don't go, yeah. drop the ball and go away like uh, the Frankfurt Police Department was did with right. Maryland when they found out how big of fools they made out of themselves uh, customs and border patrol they um they threatened to fine us pilots individually personally if we don't follow a particular, you know, make the right phone calls and then make sure we don't have a digit wrong on a passport or something like that. So, um, uh-huh. and, and they're pretty, they're pretty threatening and pretty mean guys. And, um, a lot of times, and, um, you know, this, this has kind of been a breath of fresh air. Cause I was like, okay, if these guys really try to pin the tail on the donkey, I can just throw this back at them. You certainly got they're a like heck five, of a trump like, card. To, you got a heck of a trump like card to throw at them. Right. Well, you'll throw them a, I guarantee you'll throw them a curve if you throw this at them. Right. They threatened. Roger. They now, threatened. Let, 
Okay, who's somebody's trying to get in here, William? Let me just stick you on the side yeah, here. Yes, sir. That's Samuel. I, I just wanted to bring up Swift versus Tyson again. If you read Lee Brost's piece, uh, USA, the Republic, the house that nobody lives in, he covers how the, for almost, what, 90 years, that protected the individual um, from the commerce of the United States. And then when Erie Railroad came in, it went away. So I'm thinking as a national, you would still have that protection um, in commerce or protected from commerce in Swift versus Tyson. Anyways, something to look at, I think. Mm -hmm. Could be. Could be. I got a lot of answers. I just don't have all of them. Yes, Paul. That's all I got. That's all I got today. I'll yield. Okay. Thank you, William. Got the masters. I'm, got the I'm masters. Hold on, that. Paul. Hold on, Paul. Hold on, Paul. William, you got the masters coming up yeah. pretty quick. You don't not one of those that rents your house and goes out of town for a week, are you? No, no. We end up having to fly a lot of times, golfers and stuff like that. So I uh, we gotta we gotta I deal, was, with, when I, deal with the I, when I was green in the record business. And I used to work BBQ. BBQ is a really important radio station. It used to be okay, and so yeah. there was something important. And I had to fly in to go over there and see BBQ. And I wasn't even aware of the Masters. And I got a plane and flew into Bushfield over there. And I mean, I'm right. not kidding you. There was a there was a hundred Lear jets in that part of yeah. that place. I mean, just unbelievable, really. And that's what yeah. next month or month after, I guess. Great time yeah, to be a April. wonderful it's golf course. The first, second week of April. Okay, and I always watch it. I love to watch Masters. Yeah, Paul. Roger, I apologize for that. Sometimes I get opinionated, and and I have spurious outbursts when things are when things are are talked about on the on the show. And um, on rare occasions, my microphone is open at the time, and I don't know it. But there was one thing that right. I was thinking about. You said you like say ugly words. You, you say ugly words and things. You don't say ugly you words. Said, and you stuff. said um, I don't say ugly words. Well, sometimes I say okay. ugly words, but. You said that the Constitution. You con, you said the Constitution grants them the right to govern commerce. Okay. Well, no. did God write the no, Constitution? I didn't, here's no, my thought. I did not here's, say that. here's my thought I, now. Paul, I didn't what? say that. I said interstate I know. commerce. You said commerce. Right. But okay. But who? But okay. But who created the states? Who created the original Constitution? I'm thinking that the only answer under God's law, under the laws of nature and of nature's God, is going back to the Magna Carta and the original Bill of Rights. Pre-Constitution. We are God's children. We're not serfs, not any. Paul, they had to give somebody authority over interstate commerce because if there was any dispute between states, they wouldn't know which side to side with of the states. There had to be an arbiter overseeing that. I'm sure it's why it was done that way. Okay. It's but just like just like with, with Erie world. Railroad, just like Erie Railroad versus Tompkins. It was Pennsylvania and New York. So if it goes back to the states, which state's common law are you going to go to and use? That's why the well, federal government Swift, steps in. Under Swift versus Tyson, they had district court juries. 
to decide those interstate issues until we were Could railroad. Okay. And it was Article Three courts. With, anyway, with sitting look, juries, look, according to the, what Prost is the, saying. The feds have federal jurisdiction over interstate commerce, period. It's constitutional. Yes? Can we help you? Hello? Dominoes? You want pepperoni on that? (laughs) Uh, Okay, anybody else got anything today? We got some other questions or comments. Any new folks want to check in? We had Beverly earlier. Any other new folks? Hey, I want some freedom with that. Can you? You want you want some freedom with that fries with that? We'll get you some freedom fries, Bori. <laughs> yeah, man. Hi, Roger. Would you like to take if you go get if you go get your shot, you can have one of these nice, delicious hamburgers for free. In New York, they were giving away joints. <laughs> if you got your shot. In Washington uh, Square Park, that's no joke. You Last could also get a Krispy Kreme donut. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Dave, a Krispy Kreme donut might be worth it. Okay. <laughs> right? Hi, Roger. It's Millie in New okay. York. Hey, Millie, what you got, girl? Did you I'm order your wand? I'm still trying to buy the tarot wand. <laughs> I'm still you are? Well, are you having trouble? <laughs> Are you having I trouble doing that? I don't see the link or anything. Yeah. All right. Here's what I want you to do. On the page there. I have filled out all the John? information, and I sent emails. And I sent emails to that email that you have on there in that right-hand okay. corner. I sent the email okay, there. Well, I haven't gotten a response yet. Okay. okay. Well, he's a bit, John's pretty busy. You might also, he's got his phone number there. Drop him. Just leave him a call. You'll get the answering machine. Millie in New York. Want to buy one. I'm having tro- trouble. He'll call you back when he gets it. Okay. The number Another on suggestion. there is Roger Sales. That's you. Yeah, but it's not my number. It goes to John Casarum. Oh, it's not your number. Oh, okay. I'm in That's Ecuador. That's why I didn't call that number because it said you. So. I, I'm in Ecuador. Thank you. I'll call that number. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. You're welcome, Millie. Okay. Somebody else, two or three other people want to say something there. Hello? Roger, I got a quick question for yep. Millie. Oh, no, I'm gonna, no Paul, let's hear the female. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Just get you a second. Hold on. Paul's got a quick question. Okay. Thank you. Um, uh, Millie, my question to you is, do you intend to just buy the wand or do you intend to sell the wand? My mom has a diabetic foot ulcer. I intend to use it on that. Okay. What's the relevance of the question? Okay, hold on, hold on, Paul. Oh should it miraculous? Should it miraculously heal your mother's diabetic foot ulcer, Millie? Do you think that might interest you in talking to other people about the wand? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so there, you may be interested at some point. Go ahead, Paul. All right. Oh, I thought here's, you, want, I thought you thought that I was going to buy it and then sell it. That's what I thought you meant. No. Right. No, no, no. Buy it and and, and and promote it to other people. Here's what we'll do. Oh, promote. Because well, let Johnny, me see if, it, because, if it does what I need it to do, sweetheart. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's okay, going to be fine. a big thing. Right all now, right, it's, right. it's the size of a pinhole. All right. Fair enough. Here's what we do. You send an email to PG Beaner, PGB. I.E. 
N-E-R at gmail.com and Roger, you get me your Prife username and I will get in touch with the lady that wants to buy the wand. I'm sorry, I forgot your name. I will get in touch with her. We will get the wand shipped from the Colorado stockist. I will use your ID, Roger. And if she wants to start selling the wand, then I will get with John and we'll get her set up in the back office and get her going. But but we can get her wand ordered today. Okay, right? Millie, I'll I tell you about my my ninety six okay, year old mother. Yes, go ahead, please. P G B I E N E R at gmail dot com. Yes. Absolutely. There you go. Send me an Thank email you so with, your, with your phone number, your contact your info. I will, Paul, Paul, his name is I will Paul. reach out to you today. We'll get it done. Paul, thanks so much. Millie. Millie. Go ahead, Rod. My, my 96-year-old mother, if you went and tried to take her wand, she would fight you. So I think you'll get some positive results out of it, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, who's next? Next. Hello. 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 Hi. I'm trying to figure out this app. It, I'm getting confused by it. But hi, I'm well, that, first okay. time uh, we hear actually you. calling in. <laughs> Good. We hear you. It's working. What's your name and Yay. what part of the country are you in? And how'd you find us? Uh, Christina, and I'm in Tennessee. Okay, and, good. What uh, part a friend of mine. Um, East Central on the Cumberland Plateau. Uh-huh. Down a little south of Knoxville? Yes. Uh, Between Knoxville and Chattano- Cookville. Chattanooga? Cookville. Okay. South, yeah, north, yep. of, north of Chattanooga, south of Cookville. <laughs> yep. Uh, a friend of mine sent me one of your videos. She didn't even send me this group or any of that, even though she's on Telegram. But I just I listened to your interview and then found the website and then found the Telegram group, and the rest is history. <laughs> Yeah. What's your name again? Did we get your name? Christina. Christina. I, Christina. Hi, Christina. I've been, I've been talking to Mirka, I think is her name, uh-huh. a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, right. And I've been a little active in the group, but. Okay. Uh, no, I've been, I've been looking into, you know, all of the various versions of correcting your status for about five-ish years now. But we haven't, right. you know, I guess, thank God, we haven't acted on any of them. Um Right. And yeah, I right. finally got showing showing my husband your stuff. I finally got him on board, and so we're, you know, just gotta gotta pull the plug on that. Gotta um, not pull the plug. That's the wrong phrase. But <laughs> pull the trigger. How about pull the trigger? Thank you. I'm a mother of three, five and under, so my brain doesn't. Oh you know, boy. Fire on all cylinders. Well, you got your hands pretty. You got your hands pretty full. How do you have time to go study the information? <laughs> oh. They're a blessing, right? <laughs> I know. I'm sure. I'm um, sure. But, I mean, they're the main reason that I'm doing this, of course. And actually, we're kind Good. of a special situation because I've been aware of all of this stuff for many, many years now, or at least for the fraud. So we actually, um, my daughter, my firstborn, she was born in a hospital. That wasn't the plan. But uh, we refused to sign anything. And they, I'm pretty sure they still filed a birth certificate for her or filed whatever um with all of that and then my first son he was 
not born in a hospital, but we went to the hospital and again refused to sign anything. And then my our third son, he was born at home, stayed at home. So there is nothing on him. Good. Good. Um, okay, well it doesn't I, matter it doesn't matter whether they've got a birth certificate or not, because that's not the nexus. That's a common misunderstanding because people don't understand the underlying. The uh the condition is assigned at birth. And even uh-huh. with your son that was born at home with no birth certificate, did you do a certificate of live birth for him? No, sir. I haven't done anything with him. He you hasn't seen a doctor. He hasn't okay. anything. Well, well, if if he interacts with the federal government, like you want to get him a passport or something, he's going mm-hmm. to be under the presumption that he's a citizen of the United States because this right. goes and to everyone that's born, and the condition right. is attached at birth. The birth certificate represents the condition and gives them a document where they can assert ownership. Yes, sir. So I, I still okay. plan on doing affidavits for all three of my children okay. as well. Okay, great. Um, well, we encourage yeah, all that. Passports for my husband and I. Um, I had one, gosh, when I was 12. I went to Australia, and I got one for that, but I haven't done anything since. And then he's never uh-huh. had one. So we mm-hmm. have to figure that all out. But um, Good. Well, that would be pretty easy. It's, it's not a... Well, Christina, we're tickled to death you're there in Tennessee. I've got great familiarity with that. I used to work your radio stations up there. That was part of my territory, (laughs) Knoxville. And I lived the first year of my life in Johnson City. My father went to UT up there. And uh, I've got my very dear friend, Harvey, who was on with us for the first time in a while the other day, uh, last Friday. He's just south of Chattanooga in Tunnel Hill and got Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, folks in that part of the country and and uh, we're glad that you uh, now are one of them thank you yeah um i was just one thing i wanted to ask you i know i'm not anywhere ready for this yet but our main um goal i guess in all of this because again we've been aware of this for many many years and my husband um he has never actually filed taxes ever and he's 30 really six years old yes sir what is um, it what does he so, do for a living What's, is he's, he self-employed? he's self-employed. He's a home okay. residential remodeling. It's always been. Uh-huh. He worked for his dad for many years, and he's always just right. managed to find work where you know paperwork wasn't really involved. He got paid cash or paid uh-huh. check. And okay, um, well, God bless him. And then I myself, sorry. God bless him. Go ahead, you yourself. <laughs> I am very thankful for that. Um, but we just recently moved on to my parents' property. Uh, that we're going to be building on, and my parents, my dad especially, he thinks all of this is kind of nonsense, and you know that, but um, he he does intend to leave the property to me, and I'm doing my research about trusts and all that, because I think that that would be the right. best way to well, approach it, right? Is it, do, do um, they own it? Do they own, it, own the land free and clear? They do, clear, yes, sir. They bought it. Okay, well, what, you're talking about well, land. Is it a, a sizable amount, or uh, how, how much land are we talking about? 28 acres. Nice little chunk of land. I would suggest mm-hmm. that you get this done, but, uh, that you contact Brent Winters. Are you familiar with Brent on our show yet? I think I've heard that name a few times. Um, he, uh, he'll be with us tomorrow. He's a, a t- oh, attorney right, right. for 20, 
20 plus years. He's translating his own Bible for 40 years. He's written all kinds of books on the common law and all kinds of stuff. He's unbelievably knowledgeable and his specialty is trust. His website okay. is common lawyer, common lawyer.com. Okay. Yeah. I'll go to that. As soon so as if it I gets get to that time. point, if it gets to that point, you may want to contact him, at least consult with him. But something on land like that, I would think you're going to want to know that it's done correctly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Is that Thora? Hold on, Christine. Is, here. is that you? Um, I, was on, I was on Brent's website the other day, and he actually has a class um, that you can take learning about trust, which I'm going to do. Yeah, so, I, that might be something right. you want to check into. Thank you. Right, he's got one in the can. Yeah. He does uh, these shows. He does these courses. You know, I mean, I think he spent fifty-six weeks on the Magna Carta or something last year, and we're starting one February first on the militia. Uh, he works with a sheriff who's a constitutional sheriff up in Michigan. Uh, you got Sheriff Darleaf in. Uh, I can't bear. I can't remember the county. I never can remember. Anyway, he up there and. Uh, they they he put Darleaf put this on his Facebook page to announce it. He got twenty one thousand responses. Facebook took it down. Yeah. It was Barry wow. County. Barry County, that's it. Right, Barry County, about middle Michigan or something. Anyway, hell of a guy. We've been doing these shows on Friday for over ten years and both of us are tickled to death with it and uh just it's real hard to do a bad show with this guy. Christina. Yeah, yeah, I'll tune in tomorrow for sure. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's a lot of it spiritual and stuff. Sometimes it's legal. I, I we, don't, we don't ever do anything planned for the most part around here. Everything's sp <laughs> totally spontaneous, okay? I picked up on that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, and you're, you and your husband have been looking at this for many years and all the stuff you looked at, very confusing, didn't really make sense. The pieces didn't really fall into place. You see our stuff, and it's just like, wow, well, that's the answer. I, when when it hits the right person, there's no doubt right from the start. Boom. Yes. Because it makes sense, and you can prove it. And we've been helping people do this for 13 years, and we've never had one case of blowback from the federal government reported to me from anybody that filed this paperwork. Awesome. Yeah. Thank Thank you very much, sir. But yeah, I'll, I'll tune in tomorrow and I'll go on that website to learn about the. Okay. Okay. A lot to learn. You don't have to learn it overnight. You're in a pretty good position. It sounds like you don't have the tax man at your door and sounds like you're in pretty good shape, Christina. What's your husband's name? Jack. Jack. Well, listen, mm -hmm. you guys, uh, if he's, uh, if he's got questions, we're here on Saturdays too, for people at work during the week. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll let him know. All Thank right. you. Good enough. Okay, nice to meet Roger. you. Mucho gusto, as we say here. Yes, sir. Who is that right there? This is John, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, John. Tony, it's um, I'm a lost little lamb. Uh, I have a license, a real estate <laughs> license. I've had for, I've had for 52 years. You've had a real estate and license for 52 years. If I, if I live to the 30th of June of this year, it's 52 years. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I sell ranches, 
and I do oil and gas uh-huh. production. I do not have to have a license for oil and gas production. I go in there, I sell a piece of property, and the title company will send a uh, 1099 to the IRS. Now, then my question is, um, how can I do this? If I got a license, well, you, and it's, I used to have okay. several licenses in several states, but it's uh-huh. only, in te- only in Texas now. Now, how can uh-huh. I be exempt from that? Well, I'm you're gonna... dealing in commerce. You're dealing in commerce. You're selling real estate. Okay. So yeah, but I'm not going across state lines. Well, I understand that, but you're still selling. I'm just trying to skull this out. Okay, John. So, uh, okay. if, if are you worried about the license, or are you worried about the tax implications, or both? Both. Let's take the taxes first. Should you go through this, uh, you just put the IRS on notice, and no matter what paperwork anybody sends them, you don't have any tax obligation unless you owe any 871B or 877B taxes. So I think the tax implications here are taken care of pretty easily. The licensing is you're going to get from the state of Texas, and the prob- the question is, are they going to have problems issuing you a license if you're a U.S. national? And they shouldn't. But, you know, I'd, I'd actually maybe contact the whoever the licensure board is there and ask them that question. Hey, Roger. Okay. Yes, there's – all right. Dave may have, got, have something here for us, John. What you got, Dave? So, you know, landowners, like developers, they they build a subdivision and they sell all the homes in there without a real estate agent. See, the law says if you work for the owner, you don't have to be licensed as a realtor. You can be a private realtor and work for the, the sellers of these homes, the owners of these homes, and you don't have to be licensed for that. Right, I know that. So there's your answer. I yield. No, 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 no. No. I'm selling for third parties. I do not sell homes. It's ranches only. No, I'm saying you, you, if you are a private realtor and you only contract with the seller of the property, you don't have to be licensed. Well, are you a buyer or a seller's agent or both, John? Both? Both. Okay. Which do you do primarily? I want to do, are they fairly even, or are you skewed in one or the other? I ranches only in oil and gas production. Right. But, I mean, for buyers or sellers, if you found somebody that came to you and said, John, find me a ranch, then – you know, ultimately, if I remember my real estate, whichever side you're dealing with, you get paid by the guy that owns it, right? Because he's the one that's paying okay, the commission. Okay, okay I, I get a commission from the seller. I get a commission from the right. buyer. And I've both. got a document that I uh, have them sign where I get commission from both sides. Wow, John. Throw a hitch in our giddy up here today, which. <laughs> 
I'm not sure what to tell you in all honesty. I think I'd just worry, I'd go ahead and keep the license and, and and just be happy you're out of the tax back end of it. But then it, it, I don't think the state of Texas is never going to come after you for changing status and still getting a license. But you may want to ask the licensing thing. Look, I'm a U.S. national now. Is there a question on there? You don't have to be a citizen of the United States to hold one of those, do you? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And see, here's their here, here, hold on. Here's their problem: is that statement in the State Department website where it says all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. So now, if they try and and discriminate against you, you've got them in a clear-cut case of discrimination because they're two equal statuses. How can you tell me I'm not that? How can you do something against me because I'm not the other? So really, the advantage is in your court here, okay? But you might okay. ask them. Thank you very much. Ask the licensing bureau and Ryan say, I'm, I'm considering becoming a U.S. national. Are there any requirements on receiving this license that I'm a citizen of the United States? Hey, Roger. Need to go to the Texas Attorney General and ask him a question, direct question. Well, boy, I, man, would I, I would love it. I would love if you'd go to Ken Paxton with this. That's a guy that'd be on our side. He's, a, he's probably the best Attorney General in the whole damn country. You got him. Okay, thank you very much. I yield. Okay, John, nice to talk to you. Yes, who was trying to say something there? Yeah, David in the thumb here again. So we called the passport office yesterday to find out if they have our uh, affidavit on file and if we're nationals in the computer. And the girl <laughs> yeah. said she couldn't. She didn't have access to any of that. And I said, well, who does? She said, I don't know. I said, well, can we talk to a supervisor? Sure. So we talked to a supervisor, and she didn't have access to it. I said, well, who would? Well, here, let me give you another number. I think it was uh, uh, immigration and, and naturalization or something like that. Could be. My Could wife be. wrote it yeah. down. So we called that number, and we had about a five-minute or longer recorded message, and it said, you just going to blow you away. It, they said, if you're being paroled here to this country, and you're from, and they named about 50, countries that all these illegal military men are coming from then you got to do this and that and the other thing and they wanted some kind of number that I didn't have in order to access my my file you know and this was all automated so and when I didn't put in that number they hung up on me and AI, uh, baby. we didn't call back huh AI AI baby yeah, it probably was, but um, they and I can't remember what that number was that they asked for. The girl who we talked to first, she gave me my application number, um, and it, it she did not. They didn't ask for that. They asked for some other kind of number. And uh, anyway, we never got through to well, speak with anybody. To, 
I got no answers, you know, about the internal workings of the passport division of the State Department. Right, I, I know that. I just wanted for I think, FYI. Right. Well, I wanted to see if CJ was on here. I think it was CJ that was yesterday, one of our newer gals, that was going down to the State Department passport office and bust their their kahunas on the fact that she wasn't identified according to what she could see on her on her document as a national. And I was kind of hoping we'd get some feedback on that after that happens and find out. For those of well, you who did, are very antsy, say, Roger, they did say we used to give a certificate for nationals, but we don't do that anymore. And I said I know well, that. I've, you know, I've heard that. Well, I'm not looking no, for that a was certificate. For I just want that was, you to read my affidavit in your computer and tell me if it says I'm a national in your computer. Well, she said she didn't have access to that. So I know somebody um, told us that they called, and that's what they, they the guy was, said. It was, Remember you said, well, it was, oh, wow, this is was Dave from, it was, affidavit. It was Dave from Orlando. He was just on the other day. Yeah, he told us that about a year or so ago. Um if those of you who are real antsy about this, you could try these kind of approaches and see. Uh, but you can always send a FOIA too. But if you do a FOIA, you're going to have to be very specific in your request. Okay. Well, any documentation included in my file having to do with citizenship evidence. If it's the passport division, I don't know if they got their own FOIA officer or not. Any documentation included in any recent passport applications dealing with citizenship evidence. Things are very specific because if you don't really ask them specific, they'll just send your thing back and say it's unresponsive to your request. Okay. So be very specific should you do that. And we hey, can we I call that, that, you know, the number speaking? he called? I'd like to record that message that he got. Do you have the phone number that um, you called? You know that you have the phone number, uh, Dave? Yeah, I don't, but they, they gave it to me, um, you know, when I called the, the regular 800 number to, to speak with them. Um, and uh, they gave me another number to call. I asked if they could, you know, connect me, and they said, no, you have to call them. So, okay. but I All don't, right. I don't have that. Sorry, Tom. Okay, yeah, Mr. Tom. The morning when he comes back and see what number it was. I'd be Actually, you can check your report. recent. You can check your recent calls if you called from your cell phone. I, just go to recent calls. He's blind. I'm, I'm blind. Yeah, that'll work too. Uh, hey, Tom. How's it going? Hey, buddy. How you doing this morning? I'm hanging in. We're getting a little better here as we get close, yeah, deeper cool. into the show. I'm not as full mooned out as I was earlier. So it's always <laughs> nice to just focus on something and all that crap can go away. So um, anybody else got anything, questions, whatever, some new folks that are uh, tagging along and hadn't even introduced themselves yet? We'd love to meet you. Hear what you got to say. And nice to hear from Christina there in eastern Tennessee and to know some of the folks that are coming along since the Republic shows that we did the last couple of weeks. And it's always great to get new blood around here. And we all want to help you. I think you'll notice that. We're, we're all wanting to help you because we all want to get stronger. And by us all helping you, we all get stronger as you do too. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's one of those, uh, oh, what do they call it? Oh, a, uh, a, a mutually beneficial relationship. 
So any of you guys like that want to come forward and say hi? No? Well, I, I guess we'll question, sit here Okay, Christina? well, I had something I wanted to add that I thought about. Yes, Christina, what do you got, sweetie? I'll go back to mine in a minute. I'm I'm back in my house with my loud children, so I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. No, no, no. Um, no. That's okay. So once we complete the process with the affidavit and and um, notifying our local people and everything, um, what about like our bank account? Does that change anything with our bank I, account? I wouldn't. Or? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch that. You know, we had a guy, really good guy in Nashville, Chris, uh, worked at a at a law firm up there, and. Um, Super good guy. He's, I think he's retired now. He's living down around Tarpon Springs or something in Florida. He liked Florida a lot. But Chris did that. He notified his bank. He would had the account for 20-something years, right? And and they they discontinued his debit card. <laughs> and oh he God. said, hell, he said, hell, that's okay. I just never used it anyway. <laughs> So I don't see any reason to tell your bank anything. that If you're getting any interest-bearing stuff out of there, they're going to report that to IRS. That gets reported. You're going to sever any IRS connections, and it doesn't sound like either one of you have ever had any IRS connections. You lucky, lucky people. Back in the day, but it's been, gosh, five or six years since I've, yeah, at least six years since I've filed, I believe. But no. I mean, we don't really use – we literally just use our bank account, you know, for the convenience of the debit card because and to buy stuff online. Yep. Like, we don't have any savings or any interest bearing, any of that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Use it. Yep. I don't think – I wouldn't notify them at all, you know. And it doesn't even sound like you need to notify the IRS, really. Not really. I mean, I did think about doing it just, just in case because I was in their system. It wasn't like I was a – active filer how, how, when's the last time you filed christina when was the last time you filed it was at least six years ago because it was before my daughter was born before i was pregnant usually usually seven years and and you'll fall through the cracks that's kind of what we okay. had ascertained over the years with people and although you know i maintain now that we got the high ground here we got the moral high ground now see <laughs> and i don't think that they could see enough of these pieces of paper go across their damn desks if you want to know the truth <laughs> I almost think well, that, that makes, we ought that to put sense. a program in where every six months you automatically notify everybody again. Just to be a thorn in their side. <laughs> Just to have these papers crossing their desk. We know who you are. We know what you're doing. And if the people don't have any idea, which most of them don't, I'm sure, maybe if they see enough of those pieces of paper, they'll start getting curious. I mean, all these folks in our community, oh, my God, a privacy. They might hear what I'm saying, right? Well, hell, man, I've been begging them to hear what I've been saying for years. I was hoping maybe it'd get, it might reach some of them. <laughs> So it's all it's a when you get re-empowered here, it's a different way of looking at the world. You will be re-empowered. You won't worry about this. And that won't happen overnight, but in time, now that you get connected back to those God given rights you were supposed to be given that were cheated cheated you out of, 
now those start reamplifying in your life. But you got to know the information. What causes all of that, best I can tell, is constantly learning and reinforcing your knowledge and understanding of the information. The better you understand this and the better you have command of it, the freer you are. Roger. Yes. Yeah, this is uh, Edward from Michigan. Hi, Edward. What part of Michigan? Hey. Um, Grand Rapids. Okay, that's a little more on the liberal side, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's not as liberal as Detroit, but uh, yeah. Okay. You get all the way over to well, Holland nice to... on the on the lake shore. It gets pretty conservative, but. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. I'm going to have lunch with oh. with my Michigander buddy here today in a few minutes. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, who's that? His name is Walt Szymanski. He's from Detroit. Oh. Grew up in the, he's a Polish guy in the Polish section there. His name's Walt Szymanski. Uh, and uh, he's a, he's a, a world-class uh, trumpet player and composer. Uh, quite talented. Okay. Um, for a while, he was doing all the scoring for America's Got Talent, the most popular TV show in the world. Uh, he was wow. a State Department ambassador of jazz and, and did a whole okay. world tour uh, imitating Louis Armstrong and uh, that kind yeah. of stuff. Good guy. We've become good friends. So anyway, he's from Detroit. Yeah. yeah. So... Um yeah, I'm I'm kind of a new guy. On, I've never called into this show before. I was on. Uh, okay. I was on your last show on RBN, and. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Hi. I don't know if you, I I don't know if you know that or not, but RBN archives are down on you. Uh, there is no. All right. Well, well, hold on. Yes, I'm here. There's a female cutting in on us. Are you in with the conversation? Because we got the guy that runs RBN right here in the background. His name is Tom. So, Tom, did you? Did they ditch my archives over there? What'd you say? I don't. I don't know, Roger. That's the the second time I've been sending the links to people, and I've had nobody come back and say, "Hey, they're not working." Um, they, okay. I'll have to ask Michael if, um, okay. I, is he talking about the shows that you actually did on your own every week or is he I don't talking know. about the ones you did in my yeah, interviews? Yeah. No, no uh, the shows that I Roger think did on RPN uh, are gone. Yeah. All are they? Yeah. I'll, I'll try to look well, into that and let you know. Well, we I, here's the good news. I got six. I got here, here's the good news. I got six years of these shows over on Castbox, yeah. so you should have more than enough to binge on over there. So go. And what was your name again? Was it Edward? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Edward. So, All right. Any, anyway, so I just you hey, know, I'm, Ed, I'm Edward. If, Edward, if you want to, uh, Edward, if you want to send me send me an email, Tom at republicbroadcasting dot org. I can okay. send you the links to the ones that he did with me. Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I just got a little more okay. I got to talk to Roger about. Okay, what 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 you got, Edward? How can we help well, you? I, I wanted to, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading. You know, I've been doing this about two years now. Um, and, the uh, you know, I had an S-Corp, and I had to ditch that because you can't, you can't be a, uh, you know, a non-resident alien and, and an officer of an escort. 
Well, you could put somebody else. You could hold on, Edward. You could still hold the S corp and put somebody else in as an officer and maintain that structure, and then you'd get the pass through, and you're out of the tax system. So there's a way around that. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and then an LLC, same thing in Michigan. Uh, You you have to be a resident agent, and an a resident agent has to be a resident of Michigan. So you now you same thing, you can have somebody else be your agent, but I'm not sure uh-huh. how much control you lose. I so, you know, you know Nevada reading it. Yeah. Nevada was an open uh, incorporation state, and they literally got resident agents out there. And you go get a Nevada corporation, and it's just an office with a secretary, and she receives mail. All that's for is if somebody needs to serve you for a lawsuit or something, they've got a place they know that they can serve you. That's the reason that's like that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the other thing I'm finding out is DBA. If you're not a resident, yeah, so you want to do business as a different entity, Uh to be a DBA, you have to be a resident or you have to sign some kind of a, you know, onerous contract with them. So all of these different avenues are kind of closed down to nationals. I'm not, and I'm not complaining, but I'm just surprised at how many different angles they've tried to to lock us in here, you know? Gosh. Um, you, you'd think they didn't want you to have any freedom, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's amazing. So but I, I, I'm wondering, I, I'd like to make a request, and, and I don't know if this okay. will work, but um, I'm ha- I've had three different banks now, two banks and a, and a credit union, reject my W-8-B-E-N. And, and, no. and I know, you know, I mean, you know, I want to be, you know, I'm not. I, I had a whole bunch of other stuff going on, so I didn't pursue that at the time. Um, but I'd like maybe if we I would do a show where people that have been able to overcome those types of rejections. And Roger, this is Mike. I can give a suggestion. Well, Mike's going to give you a suggestion, and I'm going to give you a suggestion, okay. too. I don't think you guys need right. to mess with the banks. I don't think you guys need to do all this stuff with these banks. I don't believe it makes well, any difference. I tried to open a, a business account, and they wanted me to fill out a W-9, I think, and that W-9 specifically states that you're a U.S. citizen. Yeah, you you know you no, dot s dot citizen, and I and I felt like that uh, contradicted my affidavit, and therefore well, I didn't want to sign that paperwork. Well, it does contradict it; it won't override it. Mike, what's your idea here, and what's your comment? Are you a veteran, or do you have anybody close relative that is a veteran? Uh, my son is a veteran. Okay, ask him to to uh, uh, go to a Navy Federal. That's how I got on my other bank account. I use a W-8-B-E-N, and they accepted it with no problem. Okay. You have to, to, for Navy Federal, I I see them advertising Navy Federal, Mike. Do you have to have been a Naval uh, officer, or or is it up in the service? You or your immediate family has has to be either in the military or a veteran. 
and you can be okay. Reposed. So that okay, that that works for the naval thing too, not just USAA, right? Well, it's all, the naval, yeah, in other yeah, words, it's all it, branches, Roger. It's all branches of okay, the military. Okay, Anybody okay. that was in the military okay. or has a relative can get a Navy okay, credit. Well, I, it's not Navy uh, okay. particularly, but okay. that's what it calls. Okay, you didn't know that. Didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, John Kassarab asked me about that, and I gave him that suggestion, and he said that was a good idea. And I got a Navy Federal Credit Union bank account, paid the $5 to get the shares, and now I have one with the W-8-B-E-N. Okay. All right. Okay, well, there, there's a suggestion for you, Edward. I have one more. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, well, Mark is going to go first. Go ahead, Mark. Um, for Edward, if you, if that doesn't work, um, I'm sure it will, but if it doesn't work, you can uh, search for a bank that's a non-interest-bearing bank. That's what you, yeah, well, what it, we should be using. A non-interest-bearing non -interest account at any of them will have those. But that because there's no interest involved, now they're not looking for all that information. Right, but like okay. my bank, um, my credit union, Roger, they they said yeah. that they fo follow federal guidelines. Uh, federal. Uh, uh, guidelines, I can. So yeah. well, somebody so, recently, uh, about a, uh, within a year, Edward, somebody came on. They were said they were doing a looking at Wells Fargo application online, and they said, "Are you yep. a U.S. citizen or a national?" Paul, what did you have to add? You know, I'm just spitballing here, and I'm, I'm hoping that this is on topic with this, but do you think maybe that the banks know that if you're a U.S. citizen that you cannot own property because there's a property right in you, and you cannot complain if they do a bail-in and take your money? No, no I doubt if they know. I don't think they know all that stuff. Okay. I, I've, you you never find has anybody ever approached any official or anybody like that that they've known what we were doing here roger i talked to one and they had no idea i mean nobody knows there's there's fools as you were okay yeah well well anyway i'm so i'm struggling with that and it'd be fun to have a show with people and especially if somebody has been able to be a belligerent claimant and push through something or had some kind of a, you know, a case uh, or I'm, some kind of a I'm, bank that caved in when their case came I, up. Well, you see, I'm, I'm still at a little bit of a loss on why you want to do this with a bank and why it's important. I can see everybody well, else. Like I said, but, I, needed to start a new, I needed to start a new business account, and they threw the W-9 uh -huh. in front of me. They wouldn't open uh -huh. the account without it. Um, and then I said, well, I can't fill this in, but I can fill out a W-A-B-E-N, and they refused that. Um, but like I said, I mean, I haven't pushed oh. all of the windows. I had other stuff going on right. at the time. So I just right. got my personal account open, and that's working just fine. But, you know, it closes out in, in the middle of the month instead of the end of the month. So it's kind of difficult from that well, point of view. As a can I say uh, something? Yes, check into the non-interest-bearing account angle, too. Yes, ma'am, what do you got? I think that if he calls the IRS and asks, I've heard that the IRS is helpful on getting banks and employers in line. And so, I mean, because they have to. And so that's another route to that? do. Have you Pardon? been able to do that yourself? Have you been able no. to do that? I mean, no, she that's said, what I'm looking no, she for, said, somebody that's been able to 
overcome this, you know, impediment that they're trying to yeah. throw up here. Well, it doesn't hurt to call the IRS and see what they could. I I did do. actually talk to the IRS and they said oh. they didn't know anything about it. They couldn't help me. Um, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I, heard I, they you know, I mentioned well, the, the, Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, you know, I, I'm not complaining. I'm just kind of you know would like to see a W A B E N show. Maybe we can get Joe on and some other people that may. You know, it sounds like people have these accounts open. You know, Joe's got a foreign corporation going, and I didn't want to go quite that far quite yet. So, yeah. Couldn't you just tell him you want a non-interest-bearing account? I, 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 have you tried selling? You think a business account is interest-bearing, Roger? Uh, I'm almost. Yeah, might be, might not be. Good, might be. I'm not sure. Okay, well, Edward, I wish you know your, this uh, one of these. Yeah, well, I, I won't take any more of your time. Go ahead. Did you include your affidavit you, when you tried to open the account? I did. Because I did that, and uh, you did, and they, they wouldn't. Uh, okay. And I, and I thought things were going fine, but then later on I found out that a W-9 that I had filled out previously a couple of years before, they just sucked it over. Uh, in in with my new account. So in other words, they said, "Oh, we got a W nine on file. Here you go, no problem." So I didn't have to fill out one then. But when I started to want to open a business account, then they wanted me to file another W nine, and uh, that's when I balked and said, "No, I'm not going to do that." Hmm. Well, Edward, I wish we had a clear-cut answer to you. Get off in the weeds on some of this, and like John's licensing oh, no. question in Texas and some of these really individual situation circumstances, yeah. it's just hard to really come up with a clear-cut answer on some of this stuff, you know? Well, you know, I think, you know, I think some people have to start taking it to the next level in, you know, going to district court to begin with, and then when they get shot down at district court, they got to take it to the circuit court. You know, well, we certainly got. It's like Joe. It's like Joe and Mike with these traffic situations. You get caught in yeah. at that point, and you've got to appeal, and you've got to continue going on it until you can right. get to somebody that's got some friggin' sense and some honesty and some open-mindedness and had any kind of legal training, because it's right, right there in front right. of you. Question. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, isn't a city corp a U.S. person? Is who a city corp? A C corp. C corp. Yes, I, they are. So yeah. Well, they're so a corporation. Their their life is given to them by the state, either the state secretary, of state, or the feds. Yes, it's a U.S. person. So you could sign a W nine as a C corp because it's a U.S. person. You could right. sign the W-9 as a C-Corp. Okay, maybe. You just can't be the officer of the C-Corp if you're going to be a non-resident alien. Get an, I think that no. may be your answer, Edward, is to get somebody as the C-Corp officer that's not you, and then everything should work. C-Corps can be owned by foreigners. S-Corps can't. Right, but I think C-Corps are taxable as well. Yes, but if there's no money left in the C-Corp at the end of the year, go ahead and tax that zero. 
Well, yeah, pay, do everything, pass it all to you. It won't have any tax obligations. Neither do you. I will look into that. Okay. Yeah. Comment. All right. Yeah, get it quick. There's Thanks, the list. You're welcome, Edward. The thing about the credit union, when you, when you go to the Navy Credit Union, uh, they make you open up a savings account too, if you and you got to keep at least five bucks in there. But that doesn't trigger enough interest to cause a 1099 to be triggered. So that's the only I thing. Otherwise, not. your checking accounts are non-interest bearing. Hell, it won't even buy a cup of coffee. I guess not. Yeah, no, I've had one for 40 years. So when I went in the Navy in 1972. Right. Well, listen, we heard some new voices today, Christina and John and Edward and a couple of you others. Good to hear from William again, as always. And tomorrow, as you know, is Brent. And so there's just no telling what will come up with that. I did meant to mention that video that I've seen a couple of times on this Arab that was caught inside the United States by some journalists. Did you all see this? And he stands up, he said, you don't know who I am yet, but you will pretty soon. And he was some big kingpin Arab guy that was released as a terrorist out of one of those Afghan countries a year ago. And he showed up in the U.S. Be on your toes, kids. We're getting into uh, fertile territory. We'll be back tomorrow with Brent. Have a good day. I feel better, much better. Thank you, guys. And uh, hopefully all of us will get the full moon blues out of our lives here and uh that's about all i got so we're gonna lay our bodies down and we'll uh, be back tomorrow have a good day roger